Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, it's time for the Wrestling Perspective podcast. Lars Fredrickson is on vacation, or he's in Germany somewhere, so uh, fuck him. I okay. went, Yeah, I went wow. out and got nostalgia. I know, EC3, you're not a big fan of nostalgia, but here on this podcast, we had some pretty big names doing it with me. It was like Dimitri Young, Jason Kindle, that one weird guy that hosts the podcast, that me, and... Oh. I went back into the bag of tricks and pulled out uh, Dimitri Young. Dimitri said, uh, I'm only coming on the podcast if you get EC3. You were the first text I made because I have your phone number, and here we all are. How quick did I respond to? Like, I believe you were like, I don't know who you are, but I had Dimitri on my fantasy team. So I yes. I, <laughs> like, I wax and poetic about nostalgia wrestling. I get on that. It's just because everybody claims like new, 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 new. But then the second something with fantasy book and matches, that'll never happen. Or we're talking about old stuff and bringing old, like you want new, but sometimes you got to tolerate new and build new. So you can't go through that process. So we're stuck in nostalgia, but I'll go nostalgia baseball all day long. Nostalgia rock, nostalgia baseball, nostalgia, you know, HBO shows. I'm, I'm all about that nostalgia. Well, I'll tell you everything that you just said right there. It applies to baseball as well with all these new rules and and launch angle and spin rate. So my old man, I'm in a text group of my old men. My I call them my old men. It's my dad, my uncle, and uh, their their buddies and they're huge baseball fans. And like they're just so livid about the like the run around second base stuff. They're just like, leave it alone, man. It's fine, just the way it is. And I get it. Like you got to evolve and go quicker with the pitch count and the clock. But at the same time, dude, I go to a baseball game. 
it, a baseball game is a lot like a wrestling match to me too is like you don't need constant interaction from the fans because they're just kind of adjusting and enjoying being there where it doesn't need to be crazy loud excitement all the time it's like the juice is worth the squeeze i can watch a 20 pitch at bat with the game on the line falling off falling off falling off for that strikeout or for that game winning hit and like that's real excitement but if it's constantly going, you know, it builds up to things. And that's like with wrestling, you build up to big moments and big spots and things like that. So I would parlay baseball to wrestling in a lot of ways. I love the way that that was explained right there. That, <laughs> I mean, that is just absolute brilliance. And I mean, you're EC3. That's what that's what's expected. That's right, D. Young. I am EC3. I think, too, with the rigors of a baseball schedule, people... You know, they'll be like, well, you know, they're not hitting each other all the time. I don't think human beings understand traveling nonstop and the ability, like, you're playing a baseball game, you know, you're going to be out there for three hours. Dude, our bodies are wrecked in wrestling and we're traveling so much. Just the warm-up process to get ready to maybe do nothing takes forever. So it's always a grind, and that's just a different kind of grind than a 16-week football schedule or an 80-game you know, 80 basketball schedule. Like it's sustained and it's constant and you always have to play through injuries where if you're injured in a football game, you might miss one week, but like baseball, you got to stick it out and you're in a slump and your labrum's torn, but you're still playing because you just, you have to. Same thing with wrestling. We have to perform. Are we hurt or are we injured? You know, usually we're just hurt. I went to a couple of the uh, TNA events back in like 2009 when my last year of playing and those guys show up early. You know, when things start at seven and, and you know what, everything that you're saying, it, it resonates with me with baseball because for a seven o'clock game and I asked some kids this a long time ago, what time do you think we get there? They, I, they're lowly. They was like, oh, six o'clock? I was like, oh, no. Like, if I get there at 2.30, I'm late. I right. get there but between 1.30 and 2. So I go to the training room, you know, get all that done, go down to the cage, get my swing maybe go up to the onto the field, get some early ground balls or fly balls, depending on where I'm playing in the infield or outfield, and then go through batting practice. It sounds like all the same rigors that you go through to prepare for when the show begins. With wrestling, it's a lot of, it's that hurry up and wait. So like you're saying with those impact days, like when it's TV taping, yeah, the show starts at seven, we're there at noon and we're sitting there doing nothing for hours because everything's changing or shots aren't set up. So just that environment for so long. And then at least you got to go outside and take ground balls. Like we're stuck in like locker rooms. So I started developing tendencies to like, if I'm getting to shows early, I, I'll go outside for an hour. Like even if I'm supposed to be doing something just to catch the sun, just to feel, you know, the circadian rhythm rebalance, like to feel alive. <laughs> Stuck in those buildings all days. Everyone's just sitting there on their phones now, too. It's just, uh, it's a, it's mentally grinding. But was that the way it kind of always was in the TNA Impact locker rooms? From because you were there in different versions of the TNA Impact days, and I've seen it towards the end around 2017 when I was at tailgating or riding PD Williams coattails. So I've kind of seen a lot of what you were talking about. Yeah, I'm. TV for any of the companies is pretty similar. So with the WWE schedule, if it's an Eastern coast, usually a TV call time is two, but you want to be a little bit early. And then if you go to TV, WWE for sure, 
at least you're catered, well catered, and you know, there's probably something to do. But then, you know, a lot of times 40 people are there and 12 are actually on the show. So it's like a lot of sitting there to you're there all day to do nothing. Impact, we would do a lot of marathon taping. So what when I got there in 2013 or 14, sometimes it was two TV shows in a day. So we're there at 12. Show one starts at seven and rolls into the second show. So some of the days you have two matches that look like they're two weeks apart, but they're on the same day. And if you have that first match, it's like playing a double header. You have that first match and you get it all out of you and your adrenaline drains, your dopamine's out. You're working so hard. And then an hour later, you, you cool down and then you got another match. And it's just like, it's hard to come down to get back up. So those were tough. NWA TV is the same now because we're doing like marathon tapings. We were there all day. I was just doing OVW and we had a pay-per-view. I sold it out, of course, here in Louisville, Kentucky. But again, show starts at seven, there at two o'clock. And so being active with the time now is something I'm trying to concentrate on. So big, weird stretch routine, get that sun. And I try to like interact with people as opposed to just sit there and like, you know, blue light my brain to death that's kind of a lot of what i noticed back in the impact uh locker rooms was there was a lot of guys that was and it's not a knock on them but the, you know you'd sit there and being a friend of a friend you try not to get involved or try not to bug anybody but you'd be you'd still kind of want to go dude i'm a big fan of yours but it, it, it was weird because you see a guy in his phone, it's like, I'm not going to go talk to him. But then, you know, eventually you get to know him on a podcast. He's like, why didn't you ever come up and talk to me? It's like, you're you're in your phone. I don't want to bug you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a slippery slope. I'm actually writing a book about a guide for wrestling because I think our generations coming up are lost and there's no leadership. So just shit I've seen, shit I've done, and like this code of code of ethics, I'm calling it, is about as an aspiring wrestler being backstage, like it's part of our tradition to say hi, you know, show respect, say hi to everybody, shake hands, shake hands. But then sometimes it comes, and I've noticed a lot of guys do this at a point, like if I'm in the middle of conversing with the boss about something and they're it's in depth, like they're standing there awkward waiting to say hi, and it's just like it's a they want to come up, but then they don't because they don't want to interrupt. But now they've been seen and they're just like in a tight spot where it's like, say hi when it's convenient. Someone looks busy, don't bother them because they're not expecting it. They don't care if you don't say hi. But when you do say hi, make it quick, make it memorable. And more often than not, they're going to engage you in conversation and you might wind up best friends. So, Like me and you. That, yeah. hey, that code, hey, that code right there, that, that goes across all sports. And, and what you was um, stating earlier about having 40 people there and only 12 working. So you have a bunch of bench players and stuff. So I'm pretty sure there's a lot of conversating about what I'm, I'm and right now. I'm talking as a, a, a coach because I'm a high school head coach here in Camarillo and I'll be managing in the Hohen Valley this summer. And I know when the starters are out there, hey, they're just going out there doing their thing, but there are guys that are, that are good, but you know, Hey, I'm playing this guy over you. Is that that same kind of politics that go on in wrestling where guys ask, you know, what can they do to, to get in the lineup or stuff like that? Yeah, I think a lot of what the younger generation and I'm the reason I'm writing this stuff is because I've been in everybody's position. So like I'm speaking from experience, but it is that kind of political maneuvering to ask them 
you know, what do I need to do? What can I do? What I have noticed though, maybe you notice this with high school kids and I don't want to be, I don't want to be two old men yelling at a fucking cloud here, but it just seems like th this generation and maybe we were the same in ours would, will say they want to do all these things. And then you tell them what to do or how to do it. And then they don't do it. Like I'll do anything to live my dream. You'll do anything really. But will you do this? Like, well, you know, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. If I'll do that. It's like, all right. I think the one difference, like in high school, there's a lot of parity. So the difference between a starter and a bench player might be, I, I would say it's kind of like hit or miss. Like it can go either way. Whereas in, I guess the majors, you know, you have a guaranteed contract, you're paid. You want to play, of course, but you're not, you can't politic. The utility infielder can't politic to be the starting shortstop. Like they just know their position. But I guess in, in high school, I don't know. I, when I was in high school, I had a game where I went two for three with a two run double in the bottom of the sixth. And the next day I was on the bench because my high school coach was also a teacher at the high school. And I just broke up with my girlfriend and he was, punishing me because he was a creep so there was politics <laughs> why why am i did i not should i have went three for three what could i have done and i had a walk so my on base percentage was uh, fucking pretty good that day so i just don't know like maybe high school players can use and wrestlers will do this use the term politics as a bad thing to project they're not doing enough to be where they want to be. I, and I'm guilty of that as well. So, uh, in your book, can you try to get rid of the wet fish handshake? Cause that was, like, yeah, yeah, that's the dumbest handshake oh. in the world. I'm so, oh, glad that, that, that. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I meant to. And like, this is very sporadic. Like, I had no intention of writing this, but it just keeps growing every time I sit down and jot some stuff down. But the wet fish handshake gotta go. It's got to go. And it's usually the old, it's like the old timers who haven't done anything. Like you, you shake Cena's hand, you're getting a firm, meaty grip. You know, you shake Triple H's hand, it's tight and it's fucking alpha. You shake a 30 year vet who's only had 40 matches and it's like fucking just <clears throat> not good. I actually sanitize my hands when I get, get that, that. <laughs> That wet fish. It's it's so gross. It's like, ugh. Hammy and like, I questioned the person. I'm like, oh my God. Don't like it. Yes, good call. Yeah. Cause I the first time I was backstage at the Impact Show, uh, Pete was introducing me to a few people. I'm not gonna call him out on the podcast, but I shook his hand and he looked at me weird and he went about his way and Pete's like, dude, uh, don't, don't shake hard. It, it shows that uh, you're not going to be gentle with them. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm, uh, like, I'm, a, I'm a civilian. I'm not going to wet handshake anybody. Right. And I think, I mean, that was what? 2009 ish. You know 17. Still they're doing the wet paper. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to leave it as debate because there's one subject I had in debate, my rules of ethics and that was taking a picture with a star. So I'm kind of against it. Really? Why? If I'm an up-and-comer and I see a childhood hero who's capable, I'm, I, I want to be in the ring with them, I feel like I need a rapport in a real surrounding and a, a genuine connection 
to have a picture. Now I could be wrong. And I could think of like a lot of guys that have watched me, you know, ask for pictures and I don't think down on them by any means, but at the same time, when I do it, I'm like, I'm never going to see you on this level. So it's okay. But X-Pac recently tweeted something about like, dude, I hate that shit. If you, if you see me on a show and you want a picture worker or not, grab me. That's cool. And I'm like, well, if X-Pac's saying that he's way, you know, he, he's done way more than me. So I'm leaving it as debatable, but I would say that if you want to be treated as an equal, don't act like a fan, even if you are. So what about you? How do you feel, Dimitri? Because I mean, as a ball player, you have a rookie or, you know, spring training guy coming up and asking for pictures with you. Is it the same thing for you? You know, it is definitely debatable. Me, myself, I would take the picture, but I'm looking at it from the standpoint of one day I'm going to be in your position. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Because I'm I met Eddie Murray when I was in high school and and obviously he was an all-star. And then you meet guys along the way. And I tell him that and I, and I explain to him that I'm a big baseball fan growing up. I collect baseball cards of you guys, and this is what got me into that. So I give him an explanation and tell him I'm well on my way. And then I see those people later on, like uh, for instance, I collected PSA 10 rookie cards and I've since sold the collection. But um, I remember going up to Tom Seaver. He was one of the announcers with the Mets at the time before he passed. And I, you know, I went up there, introduced myself and told him, that, yeah, I collect baseball cards. I had your PSA 10 rookie. He didn't know what I was talking about, but I heard that he brought that up on air and people explained to him what the collection was and what and what it stood for me growing up. And so the, the explanation behind it made it more of a story because I was a fan. But I understand where you're coming from as well because there are some some superstars that don't take pictures and it's their own, you know, it's whatever. You know, if they want to do it, that's fine. If they don't want to, that's fine as well. That's why I do want to I realize the error of my ways and maybe my grieving bitterness I have to the world sometimes but like it's a decision I would suggest an aspiring wrestler to make based on their own decision but I I do remember very like a lot of pictures I've taken with up-and-comers and things like that but the one noticeable one I remember you know because it's on the internet somewhere like MJF took a picture with me in like 2015 or 16 and that's still floating around and like that's cool because like in another world, maybe we'd be working together in high-level promo battle feuds. But at the same time, like, he came to something I did, and he learned a lot, and he became a huge star, and that's pretty cool. So I'm glad he did that. Let me ask you this, then. How about the timing of the picture? Is that more so than the picture itself? Like, if they were to ask you after the show, you're washed, you're clean, you know, you're maybe milling around, saying goodbye to a couple buddies, and then the guy comes up to you and says, hey, you know, Yep. Do you mind taking this picture opposed to like at the beginning of the show when the guy, you know, you're just getting there. You don't know if he's a working the show or setting the lights, that kind of thing. Yes. I think that is actually timing is everything in that nature. And I'm never yeah. turning down or mad at him. I'm just saying if as an aspiring professional, where do you want to be seen timing? I think you, the way you said it, very important or like, we're getting food later or yes, after the show cleaned, feeling good, everything's done, shaking hands on the way out. Can I get a picture? Hell yeah, buddy. Psh, let's go. So yeah, 
That makes sense. That sounds the same with baseball. You know, you see the guys doing their sprints before the game. You see a couple go over there and sign. But for me, it was like, I'm getting ready to whoop this team's ass over here. Getting so I'm so I'm in that mood. And, and, and like after the game, we say, yeah, yeah, I see. Okay, boom. After yeah. the game and then when I'm suited and booted, only when I'm at the stadium, when I'm out to dinner, hey, um, I know that you're eating. I don't want to um, be rude or anything. Oh, well, you are. <laughs> yeah, they are being rude. I'm over here trying to tear into this doggone porterhouse, and and I was like, you know, after after I I don't I don't do anything while I eat, and so I I know y'all get the same thing as well. Yeah, if we're talking from the fan perspective too, you know, I was always raised by my father to ask at the appropriate times. Like, you ever see somebody eating? You don't talk to them. You know, they look busy. Don't. But more often than not. You know, and it, it will happen, and maybe someone isn't as fortunately guided by the, f- the father figure of EC2 that I had, but <laughs> if they come up and it's eating, you know, I would probably be like, uh, after I'm done, just so they learn that lesson. But I always do go find them. And even if they feel hesitant to come up because they feel, oh, fuck, I blew it. No, you didn't. It's just like, this is the protocol, and you're good, and we're fine, and there you go. It'll be 20 bucks. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll PayPal you because I definitely want a picture with you. Oh, you know, Venmo, you 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 back in the day PayPaling guy. Hey, listen, I'm wearing a greatest American hero shirt. How old do you think I am? I'm old, man. I don't do hey, that's a cool t shirt, by the way. Thanks, what, man. I don't want to brag. What is the greatest American hero? I don't even you, know that. No, Believe it's uh it or not, I'm walking on it. I'd say mid-80s uh yeah. TV show. Um Ralph Hinckley was his name. Yes. Wow. It, he didn't uh, know how to land. He, he yeah, go ahead, explain it. I yeah. love that show. It was only on for two, three seasons. Yes, it's a, it's on like one of those like uh Roku channels. You can find it if you look it up. You should, by the way. Uh the guy gets gifted from aliens. Uh, now that I say this, it sounds ridiculous. A superhero uh suit to better the world. He ends up teaming up with an FBI guy that's all about conspiracies and you know, taking down the Russians and all this stuff. And there's an instruction booklet, and they lose it. So now the whole TV series is he has this suit that gives him superpowers, but he doesn't know how to use any of them. That sounds thrilling. And, and he definitely didn't know how to land. No. So <laughs> I don't crash know. every time. Yeah, if you find yourself going, what am I watching tonight? You may want to look that up. I was thinking of watching Succession, but maybe I'll check that out. <laughs> no, you'll be right back on Succession super quick. Don't worry. You'll, yeah, it's only three seasons. Yeah, I, you may make it through two episodes. I I can promise you that because I actually went back and started watching. And I'm like, I need to buy me this fucking shirt. So I go out and just got it like three days ago. I only made it through four episodes, but the nostalgia is still there. I had that shirt 15 years ago. <laughs> Dude, you, you were also hitting dingers, okay? <laughs> While I was sitting on my couch watching you play baseball and then flipping over and watching EC3. So fuck you both. All right, fair uh, <laughs> I'm the fan you guys are making fun of. That was me. Hurts. Words hurt. We're not making fun. Just just Dimitri. That hurts to me. Your head is shiny too, like a white milk dud. I I the, the hair thing was just Friday. I you know I don't want to brag, but uh, I'm almost pulling it off. So let me ask you this, Dimitri. Why do you love EC3 so much? I want to make his head bigger opposed to mine. 
when he debuted as Dixie Carter's nephew on TNA Impact. Was it TNA or Impact at the time? Was it Impact? TNA Impact. Impact. Okay, that's what. And then you had the undefeated streak, won the title, and you was an absolute prick. You you were MJF before MJF. Yeah. Like you, 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 because you had on the suits, you was looking good, and you were an absolute prick. And I absolutely love it. And everything that you did was credible. You know what I'm saying? The build up, and and that's why it was a travesty to see after you went through um, that five star um, ladder match. At uh, yeah, I love that match by the way. And then you weren't talking at all when you got called up, and I was like. Oh my God! The guy that has a gift of gab, silence, and it's really yeah, absurd. Go ahead. It's yeah, it's absurd. But yeah, I mean, what are you what are you gonna do? But yeah, what everything that has happened has happened for reasons to happen. So you know, I'm glad the nostalgia of my TNA run means something to especially a professional athlete because I've I've heard that from a few and the amount of respect I have for what you guys do, obviously it's like, okay, that's, that's cool to know. And it was great impact. I think what was great about that too, was given the opportunity, but then seizing it and sticking by what I thought it would be to be that absolute prick, to not be worried about quote wrestling as much as becoming a character and to kind of show the stages of credibility develop from like a pompous fucking dickhead who's getting fed tomato cans to like a guy who's going into wars and he keeps kind of winning and then he's actually gets good. And then he becomes a champion on his own. Like it, it couldn't have been written better. So thank you. Yo, no, you're very welcome. One of the things I know about you is you're, you're smart and funny. I mean, you're one of the funniest people I, I, I know in all of wrestling and your personality is amazing. And there's, you know, and I hate to, do the nostalgia thing because you know one of your recent interviews you kind of talked about the nwa nostalgia and changing it and all this stuff but there's uh, there's this new version of you which uh threw me off guard because i came up with like dimitri you know i i loved this ec3 dickheaded confident guy talking then you become this dark punisher-esque character and you keep and you keep, but you've talked about this final evolution that you keep, you know, working towards. Is it in the middle? Is it one way to the left, one way to the right? Do you have an idea of like where this evolution is taking you? Yeah, I think I have a final goal. It's uh, based on Nietzsche's Overman. So what I'm realizing. At the time, you like you get fired from the WWE. The pandemic's running wild, like life and the world is burning outside. To just maintain this, like, hey, I'm a rich guy. It's fun, right? Would have been probably financially lucrative because I probably just went right to AEW. But also at the same time, not realistic to me because that's not how I was feeling or living. But at the same time, doing it, I mean, control your narrative. Had a giant plethora of things working against it and warts and you know, and lies and backstabbing and sabotage and people not living up to any of their ends of the bargains to where the darkness is kind of in jest. I wanted it to be dark humor, but at the same time, some sort of 
emotional reality and harsh reality of somebody who would have gone through such horrible times and change. But now we're kind of out of it and moving forward. I kind of see a compilation of all of those. So the rugged badassery of this superhero with superhuman uh, physique, but at the same time, maybe a little quick wit and some banter. And at the same time, this evolution into believing he is a legitimate real life demigod. So that's kind of where the final evolution would be. Because I want, I want the overman because I'm over. Man, it's money, right? It's fucking good. Yeah. Shout out to Yeah, it's right amount of humor, but it's not haha. It's all right. Yeah, I get that. That's cool. To me, it is at least. I think it's awesome. And shout out to Russell Zone. That was the interview you did with them. So I want to give them credit since I was kind of building off their question. Dimitri? No, I mean, I was going to ask about, you know, what gave you the courage to start control your narrative where, er like you said, everything was against you and, and things of that nature to be able to be like, fuck it, I'm doing this. The courage in it was based on the pandemic and that run in WWE, like the intention, and I lost sight of what the intention was. The intention, I did not want it to become some promotion, like of the three letter brands, I would call it. It had no intention of being a promotion, but then because what I went through within the pandemic and kind of, oh, your art is your, you know, your therapy in a way. So developing a character and getting all this shit out of off my chest in a working manner, I realized how cathartic it felt to just build something myself as opposed to walking into a wrestling show and being handed a script and like, what do you want from me today? You want me to do these lines and these moves? Okay. Like, so I wanted to give independence back to anybody who wanted to kind of reinvent themselves or try something new, different, or unique. Then when, you know, Braun would come aboard, you kind of have some, you have a top level star right off the bat. So with now the, there's agents involved and all these sort of shyster people popping up out of the woodwork, promising these things, these TV deals, these live to, things of th this nature to where it's like, I, this is not what it's supposed to be, but if this could happen, you got to try, even though in my heart, I knew it wasn't going to be real because I know everybody's full of shit. That was the whole basis of my characters. Everybody's a fucking liar. So, you know, in theory, it all kind of turned out to not work out, not anything against Braun. He should have went back and he should make that money. And his mission was complete because he was able to develop himself and go off and do what he wanted to do. So that's cool. But now looking at it, writing the writing a book that's going to guide wrestlers, hopefully. It might be a small section of them who can handle the harsh realities I have to teach them and tell them and like the real dirt of this industry and how to get through it, but also how to, you know, train through it, work through it, creatively think different through it, build confidence through it, become creative through it, how to become consistent through it, all these things I'm writing about. Controlling your narrative is always going to be a platform for neglected or a younger generation to kind of find their voice and go on and create themselves and hopefully become stars in their own way. So that's what I wanted to build and it's kind of what I wanted. It will be again. So I notice a softness in your character, at least on NWA from where you started with the control your narrative stuff. Is that 
based on how you feel in the NWA, like, hey, I'm comfortable. This is a great place to be. Now my character can kind of be a little bit more centric instead of uh I I don't I don't even know what the word would be. Uh demented. Yeah, very rigid, maybe. Um, but you, you don't seem as stiff of a character, if that makes sense now. Yeah, that's why I grew the hair out. Which is nice, by the way. I like it. I think to constantly evolve, so to go to one extreme and drastic measure, but at the same time, it turned a lot of people off, turned fans off, and that's okay because, you know, when you're creating art, you can't be afraid to offend people. So having fun again, I think, is why the softness and, you know, the more stationary it can become because there is fun in what I'm doing and there is a clear sight of goals and I don't have the pressure of everybody else's bullshit. I just have to worry about mine. So if I have a goal to become NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, I mean, I'm the current NWA National Champion. Thank you. Hold on. Let me get the title. Yes. Get the belt. This so not the pressure of everybody's nonsense and all these false bravados and promises of shady business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that softness can return. Yes, sir. You know, fans, we, we are entertainment. So I don't want to be a hard lesson in the horrors of the real world when professional wrestling is escapism too. So more a silent awareness to you guys are being fucking fucked over by everybody around you. But at the same time, I'll do it fun. <laughs> you know what, the pen... Uh, the 10 pounds of gold will look a lot better than the national belt, even though the national belt is moi. Yeah, it's nice. That crocodile skin. Wow. I, li I like to see you with the 10 pounds of gold. I don't know. Maybe I need to get a gig on a uh, cable news network and then I'll be right in there. I think we can get there. We'll see. <laughs> I, I mean, doing this podcast is one step away from uh, basic cable. Right. Yeah, well, you know what? Not only am I Dixie Carter's nephew, but apparently I'm Tucker Carlson's nephew too. It's damn to say. Yeah, how how does that stuff happen to you? Because you seem <laughs> here's the weirdest thing about you as as Carlson the <laughs> Well, as a guy who I would fancy myself just under friends with you, right around a very good acquaintances. I think yeah. you know, yeah. working my way up that ladder, but a supporter nonetheless, and. You could sneeze in the internet will write three page articles about how you are the most horrible human being spreading lies. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow. I, I don't even talk about anything online or politically. And I don't understand it except for the fact a very minute, awful, uh, soyish fan fan base, um, opted to make me a target because they think they know what I am or what I believe. And it's kind of interesting. Why? And then also maybe just maybe I'm still one of the true great professional wrestlers because I'm making you feel something and you don't know if it's real or not. Hence the term work. <laughs> yeah, Education right there. I do charitable things. Do I need to post about it on social media? No. I do more charitable things than probably anybody. I am a nice guy, unfortunately. I'm so nice, people literally 
consistently bug me for advice on life because I guide people through their rough patches and things of that nature. I'm, you know, if you you buzz me up saying you're having a tough time, guess who's going to be there with some more support? Me, easily. So yeah, whatever, sneeze. Here's the thing. I don't respect the opinion of people I don't respect. So it's fine. It's fine. The true greats in any sort of genre or industry are the ones who are unafraid to go out there and do something different and to have that energy, whether it's their negative energy or your positive energy overshadowing them, creating something that has feeling, love, hate. As long as it's not indifference, I don't care. See, this is why you need to be doing a podcast. I, I know every this you're a two timer on here. The first time I went on this rant about, first of all, how I loved a little when you did, not little, but the short run of it that you did. And I wish you would bring it back. Now you're just, you're too good not to be, whether it's wrestling or just anything, you're too good not to be doing something podcast wise. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, boys. I think it's finding a niche too. So. Doing wrestling, it's got to be wrestling based, but then at the same time to expand other markets, what do you have to be like? Because you have so many, like this is wrestling based. Yeah. You have so many assets from athletes to musicians you're working with. Is it all strictly wrestling fans or do the, those fans follow, you know, your co-hosts and your cohorts? So how much non-wrestling can you get away with before they're tuning it out and not listening or watching again? And like, dude, I know all the dirt. I know everything. And here's the thing. Anything I've said publicly, I have never lied. I have never lied. I just told you the honest truth and you have a tough time believing it. So, but what, you know, regardless. Yeah. I had a somewhere to go with that. I forget where. Yeah. Podcast. I should have podcast. Yeah. Podcast. All right. <laughs> you know, I can get you Dimitri Young if you want him on your show. I do. Yeah. See, I'm down. We gotta do it in person though. So we're gonna drag you up to Cleveland. Yeah, it's only an hour away from Youngstown. Perfect. Hey, can you tell me about Youngstown, Ohio? And for those <laughs> I am gonna be managing in the draft league this summer and in Mahone Valley with the scrappers. I'm wearing the hat. That's a badass hat, by the way. This it's is dope. one of the shirts. And um I heard it's like a mini sports mecca. So to speak. I mean, yeah. if, you're, if you're there, it's a sports mecca. But before you got there, I don't know. Was it I, corrupt? Oh, it's Rust Belt as hell. I would say it's right on the border of PA. So, you know, right off the bat, it strikes two and three right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Dang. I dated and, you know, still family friends with people from East Liverpool. So I had a, you Is know, that in that general Mahon Valley area? South. So we'd have to drive to Youngstown to go uh, south. And that's right on the uh, the devil's asshole, I would call the border of Ohio, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania. So Ooh. shout out. What did you call that? The devil's booty hole? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> wow. But great people. Great people. Funny story. So do you know where Niles, Ohio is? Because it's kind of in that Youngstown Is area. that where they had the um, explosion leakage or something going on there? It was. No, that was East Palestine, which is also close oh. to that area. Niles is kind of near Youngstown to this East Liverpool 
So Impact had a show at uh, Niles, and it was at a minor league baseball stadium. And I was wrestling Bully Ray in the main event. And I, I come out, and because I have family and friends from all over Ohio, and my significant others and her family is coming up. And it was just, a, it was a raucous time. I'm making my entrance. They're dancing on dugouts. You know, it's, it's fucking hilarious. And like, it's a, just a memorable time. Wrestle the match and I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm getting in the car to go out to see everybody. And I see my uncle, his hands are covered in blood. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? And then I, I see my, girlfriend at the times dad's like all disheveled getting put into a car and i see my future brother-in-law getting put in this car and they some fans started talking shit about ec3 so oh no uncle and my almost father (laughs) brother-in-law pummeled them into oblivion because it got out of hand so yeah niles (laughs) wow shout out to niles uh EC3 territory. And I realized too that I would never fight my significant other's old man because the dude has a knockout punch and he's, yeah, 6'5 and huge. So I knew better, but he's cool. Whoa. (laughs) I'm sorry. I love that story. (laughs) Uh, It's quite interesting. I can't wait for the dirt sheet articles tomorrow about how EC3's family beat up fans. So horrible (laughs) they are. So that's who it is. We're gonna hey, be ready for that lawsuit. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, what were some of those because we've talked about you know the, the change in you kind of like in wrestling again? What were some of those factors and did you notice them as they were happening, or was it like you sat down, you reflected, and went, Hey, wait a second, I kind of like this again? I think after the absurdity of like, I think part of wrestling's problem was just a strictly negative and toxic fan base at times it's not everybody but it's the negative is what you see and what travels it's not the positive you know the good things you rarely ever see i mean taking case in point wrestlemania you know people are you know flaking out over the cody Rhodes loss and in that midst of just complaining about something losing sight of the fact like the night before, I mean, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley had like the best female match of all time. And nobody's like talking about that. So I'm like, why aren't we talking about the good things short of like your fantasy of what you wanted to happen, which in theory is going to happen now because it actually means something. So just delay your gratification, you losers. But liking wrestling again came from being around choice young talents, I would say because I'm doing the bit with OVW and Al Snow and helping him build that out. And like, there's a lot of potential there, but one kid in particular working with uh, Cal Hero. Love them. I absolutely love Cal. You do know him. Okay. Yes. Oh yeah. I follow his dad and through his dad running the promotion in Wisconsin. I've become a fan of him. He gets it and he works hard and he knows he does have sort of that benefit of the family relationship with Al, but he works twice three times as hard as everybody to maintain the fact that like i'm not getting it handed to me i'm working for it so working with him and then being programmed with him another guy in a nwa like silas and thrillbilly we're building up to a feud for this we had a promo segment where it was very unscripted but it was a money promo to sell a match between us 
And so fortunately I had, you know, the faith of the office to kind of take, take a hold of it and delivering it in the moment. Like I'm, I'm, this is what I love. And then getting, talking to these kids, like, dude, wrestling with you is one thing, but being in like an angle and seeing how you work and you, you build things and your mind works, like that's the real honor. So they inspire me very much. So, so like giving back to the kids, the kids, paying it forward to a generation that works hard and deserves it and is going to carry the business forward. That inspires me. And then now I can watch wrestling again, like old wrestling. And I like it, you know? So, you know, Dimitri, uh, you've told the story a few times and I think EC3 will get a kick out of it, but can, cause this will take us back to old wrestling and whatnot, but can you talk, tell him the story about the Cincinnati Reds uh, locker room and WO? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were split down the middle. We had NWO Hollywood that consisted of the captain, Barry Larkin, um, Johnny Knoxville, Aaron Boone. Um, who else was part of it? Uh, no, Sean Casey and myself, we was part of the Wolfpack. There you go. Um, Pokey Reese was Wolfpack. Um, Eddie Tobinsey was Hollywood. Hey, we, we had like a dead split. And it got to a point where, you know, I would wear an NWO t-shirt, you know, on the road and stuff. And then getting off the bus, people, you know, the, you know, the green flies, the autograph seekers, they right in front of the bus. They're they're giving me the too sweet way back when. (laughs) And uh, they knew that we were big wrestling fans. And I mean, I mean, that's how, that's how Clubhouse was run. We, we talk shit to each other. And we'll compare stats after the game. Whoever had the better stats, you know, the loser has to buy dinner type stuff. Did and, you ever? You know, did, did you ever have anyone? Oh, turn? Did you ever have a somebody turn their back on the Wolfpack and join the NWO Hollywood? I've never asked that question. As many times as I heard this, I've never asked that. We did have one. Sean Casey, right? No, it was Danny Graves. Okay. Fucking Danny Graves. Believable. Yep. He 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 actually did. That's funny that you say that because he it was dirty too. It was real dirty. He got the save, and of course we're over there celebrating it. He took off the shirt and he had on the Hollywood under it. I was like, you son of (laughs) bitch. Um baseball and wrestling are very similar, (laughs) I think. Because you spend all that time together on the road too. You're just in rooms all the time like building weird weird feuds and weird bonds and just you know brotherhood kind of shit like that that's so true yeah shit sean casey man i was a big fan of his in the indians because i saw him as a uh, minor leaguer and i picked him like he's gonna be and then we he had we traded him for nothing and then he you know turned out to be a 300 hitter you know it was like oh he is one of my favorite teammates sean casey Massive. We had him on the podcast. Uh, massive wrestling fan. Dude. Oh, yes. Our handshake before the game, you know how they had the handshakes? My, mine and Sean Casey's was two, maybe four, maybe five. Talking about hits in the game. <laughs> we did that every every game. Two, maybe four, maybe five. Wow. Well, listen. Know, corny as hell, but no, you know, back in the day, that had flared. That was like the high five that Dusty Baker invented in baseball. <laughs> well, back in the seventies. Listen, 
Uh, we're going to talk off air because we're all geeking out here, and uh, I love this. But I know EC3, it's past your bedtime. I really – no? I, no, usually, like, I'm, you know, because I try to be that stupid early riser where my flight schedule got me all flipped off, and I was up at the coffee shop reading read, or writing my little my little manual here. And then, like, a pretty girl walked in, and then, oh, I'm going to go – Talk to her. You know, I try to I try to retain, you know, I try to keep women out, you know, like they just weaken legs and weaken minds. But you know, some human connection isn't the worst thing. So I'm good. But I said, hey, I gotta go do a podcast with my celebrity friends. And she's like, oh wow, that's so cool. Hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids, and he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, has energy all day, and Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah. Were you like, uh, yeah, and then this other guy who keeps texting me, I don't, I don't know who he is, but uh, I got him saved in Do Not Answer. Oh, I did not. <laughs> Embellish your stats. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. EC3, where can people find you? Uh, I said this last time. I'll say this again. If you are one of those EC3 haters, just get to know the guy. I absolutely love him. You will, too, if you just stop reading about him and learn about him. Well, if they're hating on him, get a girlfriend. 
Yeah, I mean, look, like I've, I mean, if you're hating me, you're probably a weak-willed man, and you're probably, you know, living within a hive mind and in the bubble. And like, you know, I, I don't blame you. I blame what society has done to you. It's not your fault. You don't realize <laughs> that did it. You just changed everybody's mind with that one. Thank you. Totally fucking uh, like I'm totally fucking sweet. Everybody in the business loves me. I'm a super genius. I'm super fucking jacked. I'm super like, you know, and I'm very humble and I'm very nice. And I really care about what you probably care about too. And that's the thing about it. But you know what? Somebody makes up one fucking lie, one lie based on, Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was the fact that some dirty promotion has stupid internet connections to all these sheets. And then when they tried to make us not run the same building as them, the next day it comes out that we're funded by fucking Mike Lindell. And you believe that shit? Well, I mean, what can I do for you? That you got lied to blatantly by scummy, awful, horrible people who don't even pay their talent half the time. And I'm the bad guy. And because I tell you exactly what's happening at all times with open honesty, I'm not lying. I'm not, I haven't lied yet. When I do my little bit on Sports Kedia with Dr. Featherstone and Vince Russo, I have never told a lie. I've always said, this is what I have heard or this is what I have known. And I haven't been wrong. So whatever. I mean, hate is going to hate. I don't care. But I do have a workout app, so maybe if you're tired of looking at yourself, hating <laughs> the way you look and the way you feel, go to join.freeec3.com. Use the promo code CYN, get 20% off. I make you custom nutrition and diet plans, and I can change your life for the better. And then, hell, maybe after that, you start reading books. Maybe you stop watching Google's amounts of fucking porn. Maybe you talk to human beings. Maybe you just find something that gives you a purpose and happiness in life, short of complaining about other people's actions on the internet, and usually complaining about them when they're based <laughs> in lies and falsehoods. Maybe. Or do what you're doing. I don't care. Just like leave me alone, and we're good. Because you know what? I believe in freedom and independence for all. You're free to do whatever you want. I think the next interview you do when you talk about this app, do it shirtless so people can see the end product. Like, you know, you could look like me. Yeah, I mean, not tight enough. Well, yeah. no, it's all about, and then comparison is the thief of joy, right? Don't look like me. Like, I'm psychotic, okay? I'm too ingrained into it. I'm too far gone. You don't want to do, like, two-a-days, all day, my body's hurting. I have some atrophy issue that showed up out of nothing it turns out it's probably just negative energy and a hex from the devil out of all the doctors that couldn't figure anything out so it's like it's coming back which is a good thing but yeah don't be the best you that's what i want you to be i want you to control your narrative man what is control your narrative oh it's a right wing dog whistle it's tell your story dipshit god why has everything got to be political just leave our entertainment alone i don't make it political you do and what have you been right about ask yourself this what have you been right about that you think i think what has been correct okay nothing either so i'm just telling you the truth thanks i'm not on trial i am a fan of yours by the way just so we all know i felt very uh very like i was like wait a second i didn't say hey i like ec3 yeah and the thing is too like 
discussions and debates on differing opinions is how things get resolved and things get better and move forward. For example, my thing about the autograph picture where I was totally against it, I'm sorry, the picture as a wrestler with a wrestler until a seasoned veteran who knows way more than me, who's done way more than me, blatantly says, no, I love that. And it made me think about it. And then we had this discussion where we compared it to another, you know, high profile act, a major league sport. And then now I have come around to change my opinion because I believe everything Xbox said was right and Dimitri said was right. So conversation, it's better than yelling. It's better than yelling, guys. Can I suggest that. a change though? Can you propose changes in your books? Because I think there needs yeah. to be a change to the handshake, not the wet one, but maybe if you're on the show, you should shake everybody's hands. But if you're the lighting guy, you don't need to shake everybody's hands. If you're just bringing in catering, if you're a friend of a wrestler, I don't need to shake everybody's hand. Yeah. What I'm, this book is geared towards like, so it's a very niche market. It's for the aspiring wrestler. So, I mean, you'd probably get, you probably like it a lot, but like, I'll, I'll support you and buy it. Well, I mean, I might have to, I may have to make it a giant course because I also don't know if it's something that should just be willy nilly to hand the fans. And then it goes to one, Oh, then Reddit gets a hold of it. Then they just post it online. Like, you know, they got to pay. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we'll sabotage this. Look what he said about making spots mean something. He said, super kicks are good when they're done in the right moments. What a <laughs> fucking demon. Kill him. Kill him. So where was I going with that? Mine has changed book yes the handshake i break that for the aspiring wrestler to make sure they shake everyone's hand because everybody on that show has importance so shake the catering person's hand you know be respectful to each and every person that's part of making that show happen because without them there is no you but also at the same time i'm going to put dissolve the wet paper towel handshake we shake hand like <laughs> grown we shake hand like grown adults now wrestling handshake is done yes Okay, I'm confident that we just, I think we just changed the world here, guys. I'm surprised it's still going on in 2017. Yes. I, I never partook in it. And anytime I shook a top person's hand, it was a handshake. Yeah, I, I, I won't say this on here, but maybe when we uh done recording, I'll tell you who it was and a couple guys. But the Dimitri, uh, man, I miss you. I am so glad that you made it back for this. This is hey, th hey, thank you for the invite. And, <clears throat> you know, I'm still a fan of the show. I catch it whenever I can. You and Lars, y'all are doing an absolute great I job. I, I told you when Lars first came on, I, I love that guy. So knowledgeable, nice and calm, but just he's got that cool about him. And then he's a wrestling fan on, right. on top of all that. And EC3, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to see you win the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, the 10 pounds of gold. Do you get to do like um, option C with the national belt? And Yeah, I, you know what? I, I I don't know the rules, man. I just win the titles. I, <laughs> I think there is. I think I can possibly cat, you know, cash it in. But like, you know what? I don't. The overman isn't ready yet. So I'll give it time. I can give it the summer, maybe. So, okay. You know, slow burn. I like slow burn. I'll make sure I'm getting in that good groove, getting the winning streak, you know, 
where everything's slowing down and I'm just seeing it come right down the pipe. Here we go. Oh, that night you you wrestle for it, you should come out with an entourage. I think in wrestling, that uh, boxing, like the John Hedigan entrance. That he was just hilarious. Had, yes, but I think in wrestling, you that, that would work so well in wrestling, and I don't know why they don't do that. I think that would work particularly well with Tyrus and I, with this A, the story we can tell, B, who we know, and you know, C, our weird eccentric personalities. Not because he's on Fox and I'm some sort of right-wing psychopath, just because we're both weirdos from pro wrestling. But like, he would be into having an entourage. And I think his entourage and my entourage, just a gang of freaks. Dude, if I can get... If I can get Sean Hannity to come in and be on my freaking squad. <laughs> well, I can promise you, Dimitri Young, maybe in this time from now to then, we can turn Dimitri Young into like the black Sean Hannity. Uh, and then it will mean more when he comes out. Like, are you in, T? Can you start spewing off a bunch of hate speech? Spewing off. I need to get back in the gym. I got to get on that EC3 program. I will send it to you after this is over. I'll let you, I would love for you to try it out. Give me some feedback. Not to sell my shit, even though, you know, I should, I should, I'd be a good businessman if I did, but it's custom designed for, you know, who you are and what you're doing. So, you know, I'm, I'm a dad, you know, I can go three days a week and I like to eat well, but I'm not into micromanaging all my meals. No problem. Get you something good, easy to follow. It's just about consistency, you know? Well, listen, uh, EC3, I'm sure you will be back on very, very soon. You are one of my favorites. I can't uh, say enough nice things about you. I'm a fanboy. For everybody at home, the podcast's over. Go do something constructive. We're going to say our goodbyes off the air. EC3, Dimitri Young, thank you both for hanging out with me tonight. Thank Thank you, Dennis. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.